Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. June 14th, 2015 is World Blood Donor Day. The theme of this year's campaign is Thank You for Saving My Life. It focuses on thanking blood donors who save lives every day through their blood donations and strongly encourages more people all over the world to donate blood voluntarily and regularly with the slogan, Give Freely, Give Often, Blood Donation Matters. The campaign aims to highlight stories from people whose lives have been saved through blood donation, and there are a million stories of that. As a way of motivating regular blood donors to continue giving blood and people in good health who have never given blood to begin doing so. There are over 108 million blood donations every year and they need more. 65% of blood transfusions in low-income countries are given to children under the age of 5 years old. That's how important this is. The World Health Organization has set the year 2020 as its target for all countries to obtain 100% of their blood supplies from voluntary un paid donors. We can do this. Set out a time to donate blood twice a year. I guarantee you, you will save somebody's life. Okay, now it's time for Radio Unload with Cal and Sam Pete and the Bishop PJ Pop Culture Big Donut Kachopo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Hold the phone. Hey, brother. Episode number 235. Coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. Hi, what's up? It's episode number 235 of Ready to Load with Cal and Sam Pete. Hello. Hello there. We have got a ton of sports to talk about tonight. We've got a ton of everything to talk about tonight. Cal will be joining us in just a minute. He's got a got a bit of a problem at Chateau Calvet. So he'll he'll tell us all about that when he comes online. And uh but the Bishop Big Donut is here to vamp with me until we start talking about sports. Hey guys, it's Thursday night. It is June 18th. It is 10:30 p.m. It is time for Ready to Unload with Count Sampy. Okay. Or to you. 
sometimes known as. There's the reset. Um, we have got a lot of sports to talk about. We have the Mets, uh, the Yankees, the NHL final is done. The NBA playoffs are finished. We're coming up on draft season. We're only a couple months away from football, so it's there. We're, we're actually like five weeks away from training camp. I mean, it's there. It's all there. Plus, I have a very interesting, I think, debate conversation piece, as it were, a set piece, they call it in a script. Uh, to have with Cal about uh, statistics in sports and how we look at statistics. So we're going to do all of that, uh, plus, um, as I said, the Bishop Big Donut, Pop Culture PJ, is here to talk about pop culture type things. True Detective is very close. We're going to talk about that. Talk about is where is the excitement level for him right now about True Detective? Where is it? How high? What does he expect? Is it the world we're meant to have? I don't know. The tagline's not sticking with me. So we're going to do all of that and more. So grab a cup of coffee. Um, I have a cup of coffee. Nice. It has been a long day. Um, And we're just going to talk about sports. It's no big deal. We're going to talk about sports nice, get a cup of coffee, maybe get a glass of wine. Uh, And if you're listening to this on the weekend... Thank you uh, for downloading the podcast. And um, enjoy. Maybe you're taking a run. Maybe you're on the treadmill. I know that's like a big thing. (laughs) Maybe not for me so much. (laughs) Uh, But, um, you know, uh, thank you for downloading the podcast and thank you for checking it out. Okay, so uh, Cal is going to join us in a couple of seconds. As I said, domestic problems abound at Chateau Calvay. Is that how you say it? It's French for uh, it's French for the for the big house. I don't know. I don't. When know you say it's... domestic problems abound, you you might want to clarify. Yeah, I'm gonna let me clarify. There's no just. There's a, no, I mean, we don't want. <laughs> there's no violence. Who's got there's cow locked like in the that. closet? <laughs> there is a potential infestation. Let's put it that way. Kel. Exactly. He's not here yet, Peach. He's not here. I know. Yet. So we'll I'm talk, calling we'll, for him. We'll talk to you. How are you, buddy? About every 90 seconds, we're just going to put one of those out. Every it's 90 like the seconds, we'll, put out, we'll throw out the cow robot to see if he's there. And and you know what I envision? I envision the cow robot peeking its head in to Chateau Calvay and just being like, cow. Right. No, right he just not, leans in around the doorway. Right. He's not he's here in yet? The, he's no. in the doorway. Cow. <laughs> he's not here? Cow. Is he he's not here yet? Okay, good. Let me know when he's here, because Cal. Um, how are you, buddy? I'm in many ways uh, quite. Fantastic. I feel like you're very. I feel like you're very emotional tonight, and I think I know why. Emotions are running high, but I'm also. I realize I'm also a little bit um, uh, detached. Um, certainly detached wow. as the show was opening. Okay. I literally said as. The, the song was playing. I said, "That guy sounds sounds like Steve." <laughs> Whoa! Yikes! I wonder if Steve knows how much that guy sounds like him. How much this guy sounds like him, boy. Yeah. Um Okay. It's yeah. been a, you are you are you are in a glass booth of emotion over there. 
I picked it back up. That that only only lasted about three seconds, but it was very you know it was very funny. <laughs> like, wait, whoa, hold on. It's it's a disorienting three seconds when the guy you've been doing a podcast with for four years is the guy you're like, that sounds like the guy I've been doing a podcast with. For, oh, we're doing the podcast. That sounds like him. <laughs> that sounds just like, oh, we're doing it. Oh, oh, okay. <sighs> that uh, guitar, that sounds like a song right. that I wrote. Wait, <laughs> it is. It is. And it's a song that I wrote. Great, everybody. Thanks. Um, I know why you're emotional. We'll get to that later. I do want to talk about it in the fun load because I understand it has something to do with the children. And, um, and yes, <laughs> look, we can't do Bill Cosby anymore. I don't know if you got that memo in the RTU, the RTU, um, interweb. Me and my wife, Camille. Right. Not, not the inter internet, but the interweb. Go to the RTU interweb. There is a huge memo that says no more Bill Cosby. So got to retire it. Yeah. I'm sorry. You got to hang it up. We got to get to the bottom of it. We do. We got to get to. The, yes. Hey, uh, play the cow robot one more time. Let's see if he's. Let's see. Peek the cow robot around the corner. Let's see. You want to. You want to send in the male or the female? <laughs> let's see if the female brings anything. All right. More seductive. Cow. Yes. Oh, he's here. Holy moly! It works. It worked. It totally worked. I really wonder if he had been there if the male robot had said gal. Hold on, I'm going to leave. <laughs> you, you leave the room. Come back. It would have spooked him back I just, I've been walking out of the room. Try it again. Kel? Not so much. All right, play, play the Put female. Put some food. Put out. Try to draw him out with some food. This, you don't know how appropriate that is right now. Did it? Oh, neither one worked. Uh oh. I know what I'm doing. Try to draw him out with some food. Put us. Maybe put we'll, we'll do something. Do, do something loud to scare him out of the corner. Cal Stradamus. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> oh, that did it. Hi, Thank buddy. God. You don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. You, yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good welcome, thing we're not welcome, or anything. welcome to your. Sh- <laughs> we were doing 1940s radio hour, buddy Hackett. Welcome to your. Welcome to your show. My show, right? That's right. It's your tonight. It's tonight. It's your show, buddy. Yeah, yeah. What you're trying to do right now is not going to work. By the way, just. <laughs> What's that drawing you out? The in- no. <laughs> doesn't work. Boy, that guy sounds a lot like Cal. That guy sounds just like Cal. <laughs> Outer body experience aside, PJ was uh, oh. PJ began the show on a different astral plane. Cal, you'll be I am floating okay. above you all. That's not even a song lyric. Um, I mean, it is a song lyric. It's a it's a terrible song lyric. Please, Sorry. hey, it is it is. Speaking of terrible song lyrics, it is Sir Paul McCartney's birthday. It is. So, yeah. You know what that means? <laughs> that means I do that impression 37 times exactly. tonight? Yes, 73 times. Right. One for every year of his life.
Why are you playing a Guns N' Roses song? Why are you playing? playing? It's not Axl Rose's birthday. Well, because I know he wrote it. That's all I had here. Axl Rose wrote that song? Yes. Rewriting history, one Beatles song. One Beatles song at a time. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, it's also my birthday, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you got 71 more, Steve. I'm floating above you all. (laughs) That's a ducka ducka. That's a lumpa lumpa. Don't don't empty the bag at once. (laughs) Cal, I got 70 more where that came from, buddy. Hey, can you answer FaceTime so I can see that punim? No, that's exa- uh, yeah, I guess you didn't get my subtle hint that what you're trying to do won't work. Oh, I thought, I thought, you, I thought you meant in my introduction of you. No, 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 no. I was trying to uh, play it cool, not reveal, you know, pull the curtain back too much, but now what the hell. <laughs> so no, no FaceTime tonight? No FaceTime, no. No FaceTime. Uh, I'm running late. Okay. The, my internet is spotty. If we're being honest right now, we want to put all our cards on the table. <laughs> and a and a huge rat may jump on my head at any minute. So it's now as that, if I it's as if I'm doing this show at gunpoint. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. Is this all related? Like has the rat partially chewed through some cables and that's why you're getting spotty internet? No, no, no. It's independent of one another. It's, and just, it's, a ba- it's just a bad night. PJ. And it's using your iPad? The rat is using my <laughs> iPad. You're like, hey, listen, buddy. And sitting in my chair. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind that you've showed up at my house. But the iPad is mine, buddy. Okay, please. Um, is this a it, pet rat? Has there a pet rat gotten out of the cage? No, no, no. Not a pet rat. This is an uninvited oh. guest. <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. And, uh, oh, boy. Yeah. It's, you know, we're, get, we're getting to the, the time of the evening when the nocturnal <laughs> creatures wake up, right? They come and, out at they come out at night, and they come out at night. Are you doing the show in the dark? I'm doing the show with every single light <laughs> on in this room, and I'm trying to make as much noise as possible. Right? You brought out <laughs> you brought out you brought out two Lecos, a special, and a spotlight. <laughs> like, where did you get that spotlight from? Don't worry about it. It's like in the corner of your basement. Why do I feel like if we place two GoPros in Cal's house right now, tomorrow (laughs) we could make like a found footage horror movie? It sounds like Ghost Hunters. Right. Cal's sitting at the desk. He's doing the show. Then all of a sudden, something drags him backwards down the hallway. (laughs) (laughs) You got the infrared light that I gave you, right, Cal? Yeah. uh... Right. My eyes are like beet red. Um, you've seen the Blair Witch Project, right? That's correct. Yeah. So this is the Cow Witch Project, the Cow Rat Project, the Cow Rat Project. <laughs> I'm if so it makes scared. you feel any better, we had a bat in our house. Uh, yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> that's, that's worse. That's pretty bad. Oh, Peter. And well, we and we didn't know. We woke up in the morning. My wife said, "This place needs a quick vacuuming." She took out the vacuum cleaner, and the vacuum cleaner woke up the bat. Oh, no. As my son's eating breakfast before school, a bat starts flying around my living room. God. That doesn't make me feel better uh, at all. That's awful. It's amazing. It's, it was awesome. It was awesome. First of all, bats make really cool hairpin turns. I mean, they're so fascinating. 
Yeah, especially and it got people. in because, well, yeah, we had left the garage door open way too late right. the night before, right? So it must have gotten in and made its way upstairs. You and had no garlic, just, no garlic in the house. No, and you know what? Sunlight did not burn it up. It didn't burst into flames and <laughs> right. turn to ash. Exactly. It, you guys have all those blackout flying curtains. around going, "Where am I? Where am I? This is not my cave. Where am I?" I think you guys kind of invited it with the blackout curtains and the the coffin and everything. I don't know if that's since my daughter's gone goth. Uh, I can understand. <laughs> oh, what's that? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Boy, goth, goth talk or whatever. Goth talk. We had a somebody brought up today that new kids. So new kids in the hall. I'll be all right. <laughs> kids in the hall, which is, new kids in the hall is a mashup of new kids in the block and kids in the hall. Fantastic. It's um, a boy band that performs <laughs> sketch comedy right? in between Ed- songs. Edgy sketch comedy, by the way. Right. And they're all Canadian. Kids in the Hall had, uh, what was it, Incubus? Right? Like, mm-hmm. Goth, Talk, Goth Talk had to be a ripoff. I never thought of this. Like, that's a ripoff of Incubus in a way, right? Evil, uh, evil, impolite and evil. Yeah. Yeah, right? That's kind of a bad joke. We were talking about the best sketch comedy shows of all time. Today, because there's a young guy in the office who only knows Dave Cross from Arrested Development. Ooh. Right? Mm-hmm. So this, guy, this guy's about 27, something like that. And um, and he loves Dave Cross. He's like, ah, oh, I just love that guy. I hear his stand-up's pretty good. And so I'm like, okay. Sit down, kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, thanks for making me feel 114. Good job by you. Second... Secondly, um, he he had a really big career before Arrested Development, like in comedy. But I wasn't. I I was trying so hard not to be jerky about it, and I don't think I was because the thirty-four-year-old then jumped in and was like, "Yeah, you should watch Mr. Show like tomorrow." And so that got us on the Mr. Show, Saturday Night Live, Kids in the Hall, The State. Um, I know we've had this conversation before in a fun load like three and a half years ago. But it, yeah, SCTV. But right, but it's a, it's it became an interesting conversation for a 27 year old who has no concept of any of these shows. No, what I mean, did he know in Living Color? Yes, he okay. brought up it. He brought up it. So we said we were saying like Saturday Night Live's the standard bearer, right? So it's the 40 year old show. It's what everybody knows, regardless of age, as sketch comedy, right? So you know, you're 27, you still know Saturday Night Live. When you were 15, you were watching. Sandberg and the you know the Lonely Island crew, right? So he did know in Living Color, but it was like it's funny to listen to like a twenty seven year old talk about it. Like it's nostalgia. Like he might as well have been talking yeah, sure. about like laughing. You know, <laughs> like me talking like, about Ernie like Kovacs. The, that's right. right. The, the right. Colgate Comedy Hour. That's right. This would be like us talking about like the Richard Pryor show. Like we heard of it. You know, you know, or, or our show of shows, or your show of shows, or something like that. Like that's how he was talking about right. in Living Color, and he said he said Mad TV the same way. Like Mad TV might as well have been the Sid Caesar show. Crazy. So, but he had no idea of Mr. Show, and he was like, "Oh, who was who else was in that?" And I'm like, "Bob Odenkirk," and he's like, "Better Call Saul." Oh no! Yes. Yeah. Wow. Better Call Saul. Now listen, don't I, feel I, too I, bad because one of my best friends who is turning who just turned fifty, we just had the very same conversation. 
that he loved Odin Kirk, and and I asked him if, if he had ever seen Mister Show, and he he just had never seen it. Wow! So I sent him I sent him the DVDs as a birthday present. It was very convenient for me. <laughs> you knew exactly what to get him. Really Cal, all right. hey, Cal, have you had an experience like this with, like somebody in your office, like of that age? No. I've had it sports-wise a lot, too, but sports-wise I kind of get more than, like, I don't know. Like, sports-wise I've had the conversation, like, you know, I'm talking about the 86 Mets. Like, that's going to be foreign to, like, a 26-year-old Mets fan. Right. You know, but the the idea of, like, Mr. Show, like, I, I don't know. If you knew Dave Cross from Arrested Development and you liked him, do some research. Yeah, or or just I would think that would like pop up, especially now. It's everywhere. Like it's not like you can't go on Netflix and watch Mr. Show. You can. Exactly. He's <laughs> that kid at work's been given an assignment, by the way. <laughs> does he have to report back? He does. It's how much homework? Right. What were you gonna say, Cal? Now, how much? How much Mr. Show did you assign him? I said, just go check out a season. Like, just go check out... Seasons like, one, two, and three. Yeah, I said, no, I said, just go check out... I think it was only on for three seasons. I think you're only talking about, like, 30 episodes or 36 yeah, episodes. Yeah, like, what what better things does he have to do right now in That's his right. life? That's right. Than just watch 36 episodes of Mr. Show in the next week. Well, we, we had this conversation at the time, guys, and we can do it again in the fun load because I do want to get to sports, but... When talking about Mr. when talking about the half hour shows, so we're talking about Mr. Show, Kids in the Hall, The State, um, Mad TV was a half hour. Mad TV was an hour. Mad TV was an hour. In Living Color was an hour. Half hour. In Living Color was a half hour. So talk, so just taking those. With dance but breaks. the Ben Stiller show. Ben Stiller show wasn't on long enough. I feel like right. No, but it, I mean. Episodes. Thirteen episodes, right? So one. It's a good cast, though. Oh, it was an amazing cast. An right. amazing everybody. Everybody's on that show. Of course, that's like a fertile, unbelievably fertile ground for, you know, guys who went on to do stuff. We were talking about that with Mr. Show too. Like, yeah, not just Odenkirk and Dave Cross, but Paul F. Tompkins is on that show, and you know, uh, the writers, uh, you know, Scott Ackerman, and the beginning of Comedy Bang Bang is right. Scott Ackerman was a writer on that show. But um, if you take those five shows, my theory always goes, if they had five sketches, Kids in the Hall and The State, two would be brilliant. One would be kind of funny, and then two would kind of stink, or at least miss their mark. Right? Whereas I felt like with Mr. Show, I mean, you could count on two hands the amount of sketches that missed entirely. Right? Uh, yeah, less than ten. Yeah, like you really could probably less than ten sketches that just miss entirely. It was it it was rare to watch an episode and see two that missed. That's entirely. right. Entirely. That's right. I totally agree with that. And it wasn't rare to watch an entire episode and and none of them missed. And all four or five just hit. Right. And and three of them are brilliant. Right. Yeah, I I told and I felt like in Living Color was. Yeah. No, nothing's really missing. Nothing's revolutionary. I felt like more missed on Mad TV, though. Oh, totally. 
right? But Mad TV was impression based, right? Peach, would you and then the, I, I would you agree with that assessment? You watched the state probably, right? I was not a huge state watcher. I like the state. The state yeah, had and, some stuff that really, really didn't work, but for some reason you still giggled. Right, and talk about a fertile breeding was, ground. God, look who came out of that. Every every guy from that has done something. And some of you know, like Thomas Lennon is you know whether it's writing or producing or oh, star, you know is Marino, huge. Marino is fantastic. Uh, Adam Scott, Adam Scott, Latrulio, like Adam was Adam Scott in the state. I thought he was. I didn't think so. Let me look that up real quick. I thought he was. And and of course, uh, what's his name? Michael Ian Black. Michael Ian Black. Oh, David Wayne. Michael Showalter. Yep, Michael Showalter. God, I get every. I mean, everybody. Really good. Like really good. Kevin Arnold, not Kevin Arnold. Was it Kevin Arnold? <laughs> no, that's uh. No, that's the Kevin one Allison. to years. That's the one to years. Kevin <laughs> Allison. <laughs> not much. Not much out of him. If if Adam, well, he he had a Kevin Allison had like a huge drug problem. Oh well. And then because he was he did a WTF. Oh okay. A uh, recent one, like in the last few months. And not he, Kevin Arnold? Not Kevin, Kevin Ar- not Kevin Arnold so much. That was the uh, the panel one he did with Winnie Cooper. Right. And um, with... Uh, Jason Hervey. And Jason Hervey. Right. Hervey. Isn't it great that we use Jason Hervey's real name? <laughs> we use his character's name? I love that you called him Jason Hervey. Jason Hervey, that's right. Right. He changed it. He wanted to be more serious after the one year or so. So Scott is not. I don't have him on the state. Adam Scott. Where did he, Adam he Scott? Wasn't. Where does he come from? He comes from the uh, from the Will Ferrell group. Okay. That that tree. Okay. Ferrell. Um, Scott's name. Oh, this is interesting. Scott's name appears next to John Hamm's name in the film Anchorman in one of the broadcast credits, but he's not in the movie. Weird. Sorry, I brought this show to a screeching halt with that one. Um, well, it's not like Adam Scott isn't good. I love Adam. Adam I love Adam Scott. I just, I, I thought I always associated him with the state guys, maybe because of Party Down and Marino. Because he's got that state kind of face. Yes. Did you watch Party it, Down at all, Peach? I saw two. Ah. Oh. They were funny, but I didn't. I just. It, you didn't follow up. How about you, Cal? Did you did you check that out on Netflix? No. Oh, it's fantastic. Should I? Oh, it's... I have to admit to you having a soft spot for it because of the acting, and because I did catering in Los Angeles and stuff like that, and and so it's it it was sort of in my wheelhouse a little bit. Hmm. But that said, it's Marino and Adam Scott, and it's good. It's it's really good. Yeah, these are the guys that always show up on Comedy Bang Bang. Yes. Yeah. He's he's great though. I like him. Adam, Adam Scott. Scott. Yes. He's awesome. I like him a ton. Um, Another reason to revisit Step Brothers, please. Oh, there it is. I still haven't done it yet. I'm sorry. But that's oh, your sign. Sweet child of mine. The sweet child of mine scene <laughs> kills me every time. With Catherine Hahn. Oh my God! Oh, is she. Per- Why didn't she win an award? Oh man. I mean, it's perfect. Wow. The casting is the casting of that is perfect. You guys. All right, I'll watch it again. You guys. 
Is well, it on the it's Netflix? Not, it's not just to make you feel bad. I mean, Cal it's, and I like to celebrate that movie because we just really like it. You're officially I, making me feel bad, so thanks a lot. No, I don't, I don't mean No, I don't mean to. No, no. Don't feel bad. Come on, I'm no. just kidding, guys. Come on. Here, have a Chobani flip. Come on. <laughs> Wait, what? It'll cheer you right up. Chobani <laughs> flip is so much fun. It's yogurt on one side. You get little candy pieces on the other. You put it them together. It's work. like a happy, it crunchy doesn't... yogurt parfait. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's like a yo crunch. Can you not, can you not execute the Chobani <laughs> flip? Do you make a mess I with cannot. it? F-yo crunch, by the way, Cal. F it. Yeah, no, I know. F it. I don't know what those people were thinking. It's a terrible organization. <laughs> yo crunch. And I am staunchly against it. Staunchely. Against the crunch. The pieces of garbage. <laughs> yo crunch. I got you, yo crunch. All right? Yo I'll crunch yo crunch this. it. Yeah. See, there you go. I, you know, with the Chobani flips, I never um, ration out e- evenly the granola or whatever it is that you're flipping with the yogurt. It's tough to get the ratio down. Never good. What are you talking about? Stressful, actually. <laughs> like I'm trying to, I'm trying to balance it, and I just, you know, <laughs> I gotta eat two, I gotta do two scoops of yogurt to one scoop with the crunch in it. It's there's a ratio there, yeah. It's not. It, they're good, but to me, it's not worth the stress. Listen to me. You flip, you flip the inclusions into the yogurt, and then the most important part. And it's in the, you can, you it's got, in the same container. Is you stir it. It all goes in. <laughs> then you must stir it eight you or nine times. You know how you have to shuffle a deck at least seven times for for, for a true that's, randomization? That's an old wives' You must PJ. stir the Chibani flip at least eight or nine times. And then everything is even all the way through it, and then you're beautiful. I don't understand how you get it from one corner of the container into the yogurt section. Two people now can't do it. It's you. You bend it. It's perforated. You. It's thinner down the middle. You bend it over. So the container is designed for such a, a move. The, yes, the yogurt is designed to stay on the tabletop, <laughs> and you hold it with one hand, and then you take the cup of inclusions on the other side, and you tip it up in, and it won't even spill. They're not even a sponsor. It's a perf- it is a perfectly designed package. Well, I'm going to have to try that. Now that we've all admitted right. what, yo, what Yo Crunch is. I mean, yo now Crunch that it's can all go out. Itself. <laughs> yo Crunch is right out. <laughs> I feel like maybe PJ has a relative who designed the Chobani flip package. Cause you're John Chobani, that's his name. You t- <laughs> Joey. John Chobani? John my, my uncle Donnie Chobani. You met Which him. was a ca- convenient name. Yeah. Now, before... Before the brand took off, was he just Don Chobani? <laughs> and, then he, and then the yogurt took off, and he's like, you know what? We should capitalize here. Everybody from now on, I will be known at all family functions as Donnie Chobani. Can we just can we make that happen? You know what's interesting? Yeah. I have an uncle, Lonnie Chobani. He never <laughs> even thought to get in the yogurt business. <laughs> Completely missed the boat. Uncle Lonnie. <laughs> I have an uncle named Faje. So, 
I don't know what he's up to. Faye people name, are RJ? still keeping it more <laughs> real, though. You, you don't tend to find Faye with a giant candy bar in it like you do with Chichibani. Faye. It's Faye. Everybody knows it's that. Faye. It's It's probably Fage. Fage. <laughs> Fage. Why don't you? The first time I ever saw that yogurt in a in a, in a uh, like a supermarket or something, literally, oh probably a minute pause in front of it, trying to figure out how you would say that. Mm-hmm. It's probably probably just me standing there at the supermarket for a solid minute, trying to figure: is it Fage? Is it Fage? Is it Fage? Is it <laughs> Fage? No, no, no. <laughs> definitely not that. <laughs> Trying to reattain our G rating. I said Faggy, not the other word. Is it, uh, I know, and literally probably a solid minute in front of it. Is it Danon? <laughs> it's Danon. Um, with the flips, it's, you don't usually get the candy, PJ. It's more granola, crunched up pistachios. It's a little bit better for you. That friggin' Yo Crunch puts Butterfingers in their strawberry yogurt. Defeats the whole yeah, they, Defeats the whole purpose. Disaster. The kids love it, though. The kids go for it. Of course. I, I want the one with Oreos. Gogurt. Forget about Go-Gurt. it. Gogurt. We're lousy with Gogurts over here. Packages everywhere. Oh, my God. Kids love the squirty tubes of yogurt. They love it. And then they give it to you at IHOP when you buy the funny face pancake. Is that right? Your kid looks like a street artist by the time she's done with it. <laughs> yogurt in her hair. The pancake looks nothing like a face. Right. It ceases to be breakfast, and now it's an installation. <laughs> you got to photograph this quick. <laughs> Julia, Julia's just like got a smock on all of a sudden. Are those overalls? When did you put on overalls? She's got a painter's cap on backwards. <laughs> right. Like, are you drinking whiskey? What are you doing? <laughs> Listen, Pollock, do me a favor. Just put the yogurt on the pancake. So we can move on. You know, uh, there was a short period where Skippy was putting out peanut butter in tubes for the uh, put it in the lunchbox crowd. Oh, that was mag. First of all, that period is known as the golden era in my, in my life. Of okay. peanut butter? No, just just golden era of eating, Cal. Because oh. I will sit there with a peanut butter and a spoon and good night, Irene. Mm. That's how much I love peanut butter. It's it's terrible. Uh, Crunchy or I pretty much have an 11 a.m. appointment with peanut butter every day. (laughs) It's a standing meeting. (laughs) Yes, it's always on my calendar. (laughs) Occurs every weekday from 11 to 11:30. It's a quick meeting, but it's very, 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 very important to me. It's it's an it's an outlook. As, yeah, as a recurring, as a recurring meeting, ten forty-five every day, he gets the bell goes off. Reminder, the fifteen-minute reminder. Peanut butter. The best part is the peanut butter jar itself has like a little Outlook strapped to it, like a little, <laughs> yeah. like a like an eye watch, and its reminder goes off fifteen minutes beforehand. So the peanut butter knows. Well, I keep three. Ver- <laughs> Correct. I keep three varieties in the cupboard. <laughs> three varieties. I have a. Cre- I got a creamy, I got a crunchy, and I have oh. a uh, honey roasted. Are you brand loyal? That's a great question. Yes and no. 
No, no. Are you aren't? This was not a multiple choice. For two varieties, I am brand loyal. So it is actually. So actually, his answer is legitimate. (laughs) I'll accept it. For the the third, I prefer to actually grind my own. For the honey roasted, I prefer to grind my own. Oh, excuse us. Come on. Come on. What's the matter? You're at a, every time we get into a serious food conversation, you become an aristocrat and, all, and, and an aristocrat at the same time, I might what? add. What is wrong with uh, grinding your own peanut butter? Who are you? Who has time to grind friggin' peanut butter? You have two children. Who are you? How long do you think this takes? <laughs> I would have no idea because I don't grind <laughs> my peanut butter. Longer than I have. I need a spoon and a jar. I don't have time for this, Monfrey. Are you grinding the honey roasted? Please don't tell me you're grinding the honey roasted. I grind the honey roasted, and <laughs> in the time it would take a Coreg machine to make you a cup of coffee, I can grind you four ounces of honey roasted peanut butter. And it's fantastic. Four ounces? That's, that's not going to get you through your meeting. Oh, my, oh, my meeting is a teaspoon, in and out. But i got to have it. Wow. Fascinating. A heaping yeah. teaspoon or just... just a reasonably yeah, it's pretty, no, it's pretty <laughs> even. It, uh, yeah. It's a tablespoon <laughs> on a teaspoon. It's about it's about all the handle of the teaspoon can handle. You know, it's a cup on a teaspoon. <laughs> but it's a teaspoon. But it's a teaspoon. Yeah, it's a, a teaspoon, teaspoon. But I can balance a pint on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I tell you what, my friend, I envy you. I cannot eat one teaspoon of peanut butter. I, ha- without I had two. an additional five teaspoons. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. They are. I had a, a they're a, with it. a Pringles potato chip for me. Yeah. Is it? Oh no! Wait, Lay's? Is it Lay's? No one can eat just one. Pringles. Yeah, Lay's. It is Pringles. No, it's Lay's. It's oh, Lay's. Lay's. But Pringles had a very similar uh, campaign. Once you pop. Yeah. You can't stop. You can't, you stop. can't stop. I wish they had said that a number of different ways. Like in the commercial, like, once you pop, you can't stop. And then, I mean, clearly Christopher Walken should have done that. <laughs> right. Once you pop, there you go. stop. <laughs> Try. <laughs> oh, chance. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> PJ, PJ, what's your brand? Yeah, what's, uh, what's your flavor? Now I've tried them got? all. No, I've I know you've the tried them all, but what's the why brand you tried that you like? Why are you writing a I've song tried about the it? Store it bought. The brand. I prefer, okay. and also the size matters, by the way. That's what she I said. I prefer the small can, not the big can, the small cans of Peter Pan. 12-ounce Peter Pan. Yeah. Not the 16-ounce. Right. Not the big dog. Nope. It goes, it goes a little bit stale very quickly. Well, there's there's probably like an eight ounce, a twelve ounce, and a sixteen ounce. Are you saying you get an eight ounce thing of peanut butter? I'll tell you, because I'm right by the cupboard, and Please. it's not like I'm going to eat peanut butter. New York sports. Peter Pan. That's right. That's that's the right answer. <laughs> I am not brand loyal. I will buy whatever's on sale. It doesn't yeah, no. matter. Just put the peanuts in my face in butter form. Yeah, I will wait until the Peter Pan is on sale. And then you'll stock up. And then I'll buy a lot. 
What if Skippy's it's on sale, Cal? I ain't touching it. Get out of here. We'll not touch it. Skippy is yeah. frosting. Get away from it. Yes. It's Skip, not even Skippy peanut is. butter. That's it's right. Cake frosting. It's, that's right. And it's, and it's cake, cake frosting. And it's delicious. <laughs> delicious. Cake oh, dish. There's my cat. <clears throat> Can you um, can I borrow your cat for the evening, PJ? I, <laughs> oh, I could use a cat right now. You know, her nickname around here is the murderer. <laughs> she would handle she would handle any invader you had without a problem. Affectionately known as the murderer, <laughs> we may need to set up yeah. a little pet swap here. Yeah, we, we've had a blind dog come in the house. Do you need, do you need a sixteen-year-old blind dog? He's fifteen. I when we close. have when we have field mice in the house, she just leaves them for us in the morning. We find them right on the living room rug. Nice, two pieces. Two pieces. We usually find a head first. <laughs> is, that, is that her like mo? Is that her calling card? <laughs> does the she, murderer. Does, she, does the murderer leave like a little something behind so you know it's her? She's the she's the decapitator on CBS. First you find the head, and about two <laughs> feet later you find the rest of the mouse. Now when you she when you walk in. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and she likes to rip them in half. That's all. <laughs> I was just going to ball when with into, When you walk into the living room, are you wearing a suit and a trench coat, and do you bend down on one knee to inspect what the murderer has left behind? With a pencil. Right. Well, first I pump in some smoke machines so that uh, we can simulate the steam rising from the street. Wow. I like to throw a manhole <laughs> cover in there to oh, try to really set the scene. Yeah. Quite a production. <laughs> Do you hire actors to play construction <laughs> workers also? That's Lily and yeah. Dan. <laughs> yeah. I put on some Mike Post music. <laughs> well, it appears the murderer is, uh... has been here. <laughs> you have to... This guy's lost his head. <laughs> You have to uh, examine, uh, I insist that you examine the mouse corpse with a pencil. So you have to lift it up with a pencil. Yeah. Yep. Looks like the murderer. Yep. Boom, boom, they also got boom, a bat. boom, 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 boom. On, a, they on got another the bat? occasion where we... No, 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 a different bat. A bat that was in how the many, garage. They killed it and brought bats? it in. Thanks. When oh, we nice. leave our garage open, we get bats. Apparently. Again, I should Moral of the story... Hey, kids, how about you close the garage once in a while? Or more crucifixes needed in your house. I'm just going to keep going with the vampire thing until somebody comes with me. <laughs> Less Ozzy on the stereo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we talk how about, about sports now? about you don't play now? Diary of a Madman? <laughs> All right, we're going to go talk about sports for a couple minutes. Just Imagine. Couple, don't go too far. Hey, All look. Right. I don't have a lot to talk about tonight. I don't have a lot to talk about either. I do I do have a great question for you, though, Cal. Well, that's it. That's all we get. That's it. That's hey, all. look. Time's ticking. Stingy with the intro music. Um, Cal, here's, here's all I want to talk about today. Uh, two things. One is um, uh, the, the Mets, just a, a sort of check-in. Let me take your temperature here. We had an interesting situation develop where they uh, DFA'd Dylan G. 
And it was something that we didn't think that would ever happen and sort of brought us back into the fold. And this was in the middle of three really good wins, right? So three, like, wins where the young guys were contributing, guys that we definitely like. And they sort of brought us back into the fold. And then they went on the road to Toronto and proceeded to get destroyed two nights in a row. Um, so I wanted to kind of take your temperature on where you are on the team. I think I know the answer, but is is the August thing still intact? Yeah, it, it, I've been very consistent about this. Okay. After I, I, I badly misplayed the beginning of the season because right. I thought that they would be, I forget what it was, 14 and 17, whatever it was. Ten and ten and seventeen was it? Yeah, it was ten and seventeen, then they went thirteen and three. So I blew that. Mea culpa. But um since since the that start I've I'm I've been very hesitant to get back into it. Okay. Alright, I'm not gonna invest in this team. Uh I've I've been burned too many times. I don't see them doing the things that they need to be doing. The Dylan G move notwithstanding, because that was the right move. Yes. And really, it seems like for every one move they make that's correct, they make another nine that are the wrong, just the wrong thing to do. Right. So I'm not getting involved in in being too invested in this team. I'm watching. I'm watching most of the games. I'm watching all of the games that Harvey and Degrom and Syndergaard pitch, and uh, and and I'm I'm rooting for this team to do well. But I'm just I'm not going to get on board, even though they're in first place. I'm not getting on board until. It's the middle of August, and they're in the race, and they've made the moves that they need to make to improve their team. Okay. That's that's when I'll I'll push my chips to the table. All right. Into the middle of the table, not just to the table. Right, right. They will be already on the table. Right. Then I will push them to the middle. Not of on the, the table. other side of the room, pushing my chips across the room, <laughs> and once I get to the table, I'll leave them there. As is the uh, pretty much the standard for poker playing. You're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. No. Well, I am trying to. Re- that's a separate thing that I'm doing right now. <laughs> right. That's another project you're working yeah. on. I am. Tr- I'm trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, it's not going well. <laughs> it's, it's very. I. My understanding is, it's a pretty good invention. Yeah. It's. I'm, uh, I haven't had too many flaws with it. Right. So um, that's where I'm at. Where are you at? I think I was. Buying in a bit more, as I said to you, I was I was getting a little closer to being emotionally invested um, in the team, um, but I can't fake it. I'm not quite there yet. Although I have to say, I enjoyed watching the Sunday was like the first full game I've watched in a long time, and it came on the heels of them with that terrible loss on Saturday, um, uh, on Saturday night, and then watching Sunday and they came from five runs back, and it was all the kids. <clears throat> right. Excuse me. You know, it's Darno with a two-run home run. It's Lagaris with a three-run home run to take the lead. It's Siciliani with his first home run, uh, who's a kid you can kind of like. You can you can see liking him. You know, Dilson Herrera hits a home run. Um, so, uh, and then of course Harvey goes out and pitches uh, the kind of game that he pitched the other night against Toronto. Uh, Syndergaard, after giving up a ball that hasn't landed yet. Uh, to Bautista, you know, pitching against his old team, the Blue Jays, and then he proceeds to strike out 11 in six innings and just, like, what did he retire? Like, 14 of the last 15 batters he faced and was just dominant, like, really dominant against the highest-scoring team in baseball by, like, 50 runs. Um, So those kind of things were impressive. 
And then we get to the end of it, and, and Terry Collins is still the manager, and he's still doing boneheaded things like bringing up a pitcher from. <laughs> well, he didn't. He didn't bring that pitcher. No, up. no, no. I'm saying pitching a kid who just got up from a ball. Well, in that get, game yesterday, in a three nothing no game, he had a choice. Who could pitch? There's no reason to bring in Leathersitch. There's no reason to bring that kid in to face Bautista, Encarnacion, and Donalds. Uh, Donaldson. There's no need. It's dumb. You know what? That, they weren't winning that game, so I didn't have a problem with it. It has nothing to do with winning the game. He could have destroyed this kid. This kid is up from A-ball, making the jump to the major leagues. And did you hear his quote afterward? The kid? No, Terry Collins. No. Hey, Terry, what would you say to him after the game? Well, you'll get him next time. You know, might not be one here next time. All right, but and the good news is he's getting promoted. Yeah. Yeah, to double A. To double A. But you just crapped the bed here huge. I did you no favors. Hey, go get him next time. Eh, it might not be one here. I mean, it's it, it's stupid, Cal. It's dumb to bring that kid in in that situation. I'm sorry. Didn't need to. Didn't need to. Could have brought in Leather Sitch. Could have brought in somebody else. Didn't need to. Um, but anyway, regardless... He wasn't bringing in Leather Sitch against the three righties. You know that. Then bring in Carlos Torres. Bring in Carlos anybody. Torres was unavailable. Okay. Familia was available. Bring in Hansel Robles, then. Don't bring in a kid up from A-ball to face three of the best power hitters in baseball. Dumb. Fine. Fine. I just don't think he had any other options last night. And the kid was here for the specific purpose of saving the rest of the bullpen. So use him in the next inning. Start an inning with him. Switch him and Robles. Yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. It's just it's, it just speaks to a lack of sensitivity to what he has there. It's dumb. Terry Collins is dumb. He's got no use for young players. You know that. Exactly. And he just ruined one. So good job. Yeah, he didn't ruin them. Ruined. Stop it. Ruined. Kids, talk about... kids ruined. He ruined Carlos Torres. Yes, I know. Who wasn't good to begin with. It's not exclusive to him ruining like to poor uh, Akil Morris. Not, not exclusive to that. Anyway. I think he ruined him. Well, w- time will tell, won't it? Only time will tell. Only. <laughs> Nothing is sure. Love will find a way. What what song am I thinking of? I don't know. Only time will tell. Nothing is sure. Yeah, that's Asia. Right. But I but I have the lyric wrong. <laughs> You're leaving now. <laughs> it's in your eyes. Is Michael McDonald singing it? <laughs> There's no disguise you know. It's Asia through the lens of Michael McDonald. <laughs> Michael McDonald sings Asia's greatest hits. I bless the rain. That's a half, that's, that's Toto. That's Toto. All right, shut up. What else does Asia sing? What else does Asia I sing? I never meant to be so bad to you. <laughs> That's Michael McDonald. The Timeless Classics of Asia, as sung by <laughs> Michael McDonald. As sung by the Timeless Classic, Michael McDonald. It was the heat of the moment, bringing it down. Asia. Wow. Asia. Nothing is sure. So how many continents are represented by band names? All of them. No. There's no North America. I love North America. There's America. There's just America. 
which been, kind of covers both of them, north and south. <laughs> not America's. <laughs> well, I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. We've got Asia. We've got Asia. You've we've got, got Europe. we've got Europe. Well, that song. No Antarctica. Will that song forever be linked to Joe Bluth in your mind? Has to be, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trick is what a hooker does for money. It's an illusion, Michael. If only they knew that or, that's what that song was gonna. I know. They probably got paid on that, though, right? Either that or the last. 90 seconds of an NBA game. Is Europe... That's right. Is Europe Carrie, too? Carrie. Carrie. I don't think... Yeah. Yeah, that's Europe. That's Europe. Hmm? I don't think there's an Australia band, is there? Yeah. uh, Men at Work. (laughs) That's very good. That's what they're called. (laughs) they're, They're called Australia? But only in Australia. Only in Australia. Right. Everywhere else they're <laughs> called men at work. Men at work. Look, they're still managed by Terry Collins. They still have the fundamental flaws that I see. You know, they still run John Neese out there last night. Oh, oh, did you see? Did you see Collins' comments about John Neese? I did not. Oh, John, he. I said, I, what, the, what was the final score last night? Eight, one, eight, it was nothing. Eight, eight, eight nothing, but he left. It was three nothing. Right. He was. He could not rave more about John Neese last night. Oh, I, I, I did see some of that. Yeah. You would have thought that John Neese pitched a complete game three hitter, the way that Terry Collins went on and on about. Yeah, that's one of the best right-handed, uh, right-handed hitting lineups in baseball, and you know. I tell you he, what. That's Held them the three runs in seven innings, and congratulations. Yeah. Wow. Good, yeah, great job. So either he's in love with John Neese, like has a crush on him, or is building his value up like, right. and working overtime and being completely obvious about it. And you know that he's not smart enough to be doing that. No. And also, did you see Neese's comments, though, Cal? Uh, no. They were just, well, I just, just really I didn't. Really didn't get any runs tonight, so... Um, yeah, so, yeah. you know, there it was. Blame it on everybody else. That's it. <laughs> everybody, you know, I kind of... It was almost like a, I kind of did my job, and, uh, well, you know, just one of those nights where we couldn't get anything going offensively. Yeah, is that right? He's the worst. He is the worst. He's just he's just such a douche. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to do some on-the-field stuff, though. Um, I want to talk about some on-the-field stuff. So, sure. The strategy of baseball? Well, a little bit. You've been, you've been watching this team a lot, so I want to just go player by player and just get your impressions or what you've been thinking about there, uh, some players on the field because I have some definite thoughts about what I've seen over the last week because I've watched a lot more of them than I have all season. I'd love and, to hear it. And so I want to start uh, with the shortstop. I want to uh, start with Wilma Flores. What an odd place to start. No, I just I, – I could see you starting at first. I um we can talk about Lucas Duda. He's one of the guys. He's one of the guys I want to I want to talk about. But I just think like you go around the horn. Oh, Sorry. we could do that. We could totally do that. No, no, no. I'm, we can start with Wilmer Flores. I'm just I wasn't expecting that. Oh, okay. That's all I'm saying. I didn't mean to. Uh... You threw me a curveball. <laughs> well done. Um, I I feel like 
with Wilmer Flores, what I've watched more of is, um, especially in the field, you know, he took a beating for not turning that double play on uh, on Saturday night, and then they wound up losing the game in extra innings. Um, but I, I feel like from what I've seen, his footwork is getting a bit better. I feel like his range is improving. Um, and I, and I, you know, he quietly, I said this to uh, my buddy Jimmy last night, just watching the game. He quietly has a very good arm, a very good arm. Um, like he's, he's clearly got a shortstop's arm. Um, I feel like he's gaining confidence at shortstop Cal. I don't, I kind of like that they're keeping him there, and when I watch him every day now, I'm starting to feel like he's getting better and better. Have you yeah. seen the Have you seen the same thing? He's getting He's getting better. He's definitely more confident. You can see there's a lot more confidence. Right. He's just still not that good, and the double play issue is a is a real problem for this team. They just they cannot turn double plays at all. Well, I think it's an I think it's an overall issue though. I don't think it's just him. No, it's not just him. It's an overall issue with the team. Right. And I think a big part of it has been the rotating guys at third base. Right? So, you know, like the Well, and ha- at second base too. And at second base, sure. I mean, Herrera turns the double play quite nicely. That's he was the next guy I was going to bring up. Uh after I talked a bit about uh Flores at the plate and I um but yeah, the the lack of turning double plays, Cal, is, is absolutely a problem. I don't think he's ever going to be good, Wilmer Flores, like a what you would consider a good shortstop. But I don't I'm maybe I'm just thick headed. From what I've seen, he can certainly be adequate at the position. Oh no, I agree with you. And he can hit. He's gonna hit enough to make up for it. He can flat hit. Yeah. I, I, I mean he's twenty two years old. His swing is very short. It's gotten very compact. Um, you know, that base hit the other night that won the ball game in extra innings was a great example of him being aggressive, bringing in, they brought in a new reliever, first pitch, fastball. He's looking fastball. He's looking to win the game, and he does. Right. And I love that uh, aggressive approach at the plate. I'd like to see him be even more aggressive. I think he can be, Cal. But his swing is so nice and short and compact. I'm starting to feel good when he comes. I, I look. I've loved this kid since they drafted him when he was like 16, 17 years old. Um, I'm starting to feel really good about him when he comes up to the plate, though. I really am. Like no, especially in a big spot. He's got a little bit of the clutch gene in him. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, he doesn't. He, you've seen it by the fact that he seems completely unmoved by the nine errors he made in like the first 24 games. Like he, it just doesn't seem to bother him. Did like, you? Did you ever? I don't know if we talked about this. Um, there was a story about him in, I think, the New York Times a couple weeks ago, or longer, more towards the beginning of the season. Okay. And it was essentially they were asking him if he was, like we had talked about coming into the season, are you feeling the pressure right. of New York and, you know, you're kind of under the microscope here and is it is it affecting the way that you play? Are you getting nervous? And and he kind of made a comment about how coming to this country as a 16 year old kid and playing baseball and not knowing the language and living with a family that he doesn't know. And like, that's stressful. That's pressure. Right. And like, this is not anywhere near that. And it was, it was a very, it was kind of an interesting perspective that he had on it that I would never expected him to have. 
Right. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know if I just assumed that he wasn't smart. Or well, or, no, that's not a matter of smart. That's a matter of self-aware. Like, well, you, don't, that, yeah. you don't expect a 22-year-old to sort of maybe be that self-aware. Yeah, but he. I mean, he, and it was, and like ever since I read that article, I've watched him, and you see him out. You can nothing bothers him on the. Nothing field. seems to bother him. Now he makes an error. He gets up, and he he's fine. He shakes it off. He lets it. I mean, they've been saying this about him. Right. But watching him. It's really true. And I'll tell you what, he's made some really nice plays. I mean, he I really so. has. He's made yeah. some, you know, everybody talks about the bobbled double play from Saturday night. Nobody mentioned the fact that, or maybe it was not made a big deal out of, he kept that from being more runs in the seventh inning when he made that diving play up the middle when DeGrom was still in the game and he got DeGrom out of his last inning. And he, and he saved a run by di- making that diving play. It was a tremendous play. Otherwise, they would have been down 2 nothing. You know, so look, he, he's never going to be a plus defender there, I don't think. But he's, to me, just watching lately, his footwork's gotten better. He's gotten more confidence in his arm. I know Tim Tuffle's been working with him a ton, they said, about his release point and trusting his arm. Um, but he's just gotten better, and I really want to see him play the season there. I really do. I think he will. I don't yeah. think they're going to move him. And I think, and you know what? We've destroyed this team, Cal, up and down. I think that's smart. I really do. I don't think there's anything to be gained from moving him to third base right now and playing Ruben Tejada there. I I just don't. I think it started out as stubborn. And it turned into be a smart move. Right. I agree. Right. I think they they lucked into the right decision. It, they lucked into it being a smart move. Right. It wasn't made for the it wasn't made to be smart. It was made to be stubborn. Right. Like this is this is we know better. He's not moving. This is where he's going to stay. But it is the it is the right move. But it is it's the it right is move right. to keep that kid there this year because yeah, his future his his future might be at third base, but it's not at third base this year. No. So, um, you know, his future might be at second base, but it's not second base this year. You know, and you need to find out if he can play shortstop every day in the major leagues because he's going to hit. The other guy I wanted to talk about was Herrera, and he's a fascinating player to me right now, Cal. Just you see little things on the field in his swing, in his approach at the plate, how he's able to stay short, stay inside. Uh, you know, especially inside fastballs. He's clearly got quick hands. Um, he's made some really nice plays at second base. Um, and he's young too. What do you what what what's your thinking on him? Is he are you starting to see him as the second baseman of the future? Yeah, I could see that. Um, I told you he's got a little bit of Reyes in him. Yeah, I nope. agree with that. Not and again, it's the attitude. It's not the talent. He's not ever going to be the player that Reyes is. He's not the same player. He right. Won't be. No. Um, but he's got his enthusiasm for the game and his attitude and and I just I just think. He's got the right mentality. Yes, to play the game. Seems um, to have a little bit of a I don't know if it's a chip or it's just a an edge to him. He's got an edge. You're right. A little bit of an edge to his to his game where not like Jeter. No, look. Nobody's got an edge like Jeter, all right? No, no but he, he seems to approach it with a little bit of an edge. And a little bit of a, uh, you know, you see him even during an at-bat. Like, there's a little bit of a competition there. That's, he's, you know, he's kind of calm and kind of staid, it looks like. But you he's pissed off. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. 
you know, and that's and that's fantastic. And then the last guy I wanted to talk about was Darno. How nice to see Darno come back and just start hitting again. I mean, yeah. really, really a relief. But he's, I think, his catching's been far better uh, than it was. Uh, yeah, I think so. And he's getting he's getting a lot of credit for calling a good game too. Yep. Like yep. they, um, who was it? Was it Nice? Yeah. That they they ran the stat that Nice seems to pitch better when he's pitching to Darno. Yep. He also. Cal, he also has a leadership thing to him that I like. Yeah, he does. And he's, you know, the, the fist pumps and stuff like that aren't, aren't like Cervelli-ish, where you feel like you're watching a Little League game. Like, they're, to me, they're they're more genuine. They're more, um, they're, they're less showy, and they're just more like leader, more like I came through for the team. Like, I want to be a leader on this team. Yeah. Um, I man, and he's 26. The well, yeah, he's he's a little he's a little bit older. He's a little older. I noticed because I went to the game on Monday night. That was the the extra inning game. Oh, you did? Yeah, I was there. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Kadir scored the winning run, yes, on the floor is hit up the, the middle. The 58 year old Michael Kadir. 50, 50, yes, 52 that's year old Michael Kadir was right. coming around third. Right. Um, oh no, 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 I'm sorry. It wasn't Kadire. Kadire came around first on the Duda. Yes. The loop to left. Kadire scored the tying run. Duda came around third. Correct. Duda lumbered around third. Lumbered is the correct word. And what I noticed was Darno was on deck. Yep. As Duda was coming in, I don't know if you probably didn't see it on TV based on the way they usually do the camera angle. Darno was maybe. Seven feet from the, he was like right on the circle, right on the 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 dirt circle by home plate, right on the edge of the circle, right, right on the edge of the circle, and he was down as flat as he could be on his stomach, yeah, banging the ground. Yeah, I actually did see that. You saw that? They Get had down. the angle. They had the the first base dugout camera angle. Yeah, and so you could see him on literally on the ground, like trying to get Duda to I slide. I mean, he w- and he was into getting Duda to slide. Yep, and then he popped up, and and they sell it. It was, but I just noticed it about Darno. Like you know, guys usually are in the on deck circle, and they're telling you to slide and they get down, get down, whatever it is. This guy was flat on his stomach, like he was crawling through the, through <laughs> right. the jungle of Vietnam. Right, right. He was into it. They were into it. Yeah. It was, but it was it was interesting. The I noticed something in Syndergaard the other night watching him pitch, and you called it after you know after he gave up the Bautista home run, um, which was a friggin' bomb. I mean, just still, it's still going. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna see a ball hit further than that, or farther, whichever one's right. Um, and Syndergaard, like he had a look on his face. Of like, holy, <laughs> yeah. Well, they walked the next guy. Yeah, I mean, he the look on his face, Cal, was, I can't believe that guy just hit that ball that far. Well, I am. I can. You can guarantee that nobody has ever hit a ball farther. No. off of him. There's no chance anybody has ever hit a ball that far off him in his no. life. In his in his life. In, in his, his life. Tw- in his 22 years, he's been pitching competitively since he's probably like 10. Yeah. No one has ever hit a ball like that. Ever, right. and to, and the guy did it with ease. Oh yeah, it was nothing. So, for him to gather himself and 
pitched the game that he did, and he was so aggressive in the zone. I said to you in the first inning, I texted you, and I said, he looks like he's all over the place. Like He looks like he doesn't kind of know where it's going. But he got that strikeout of Montero to yeah. end that inning after putting two guys on and walking two guys or whatever. And um, and that was a monstrous turning point because Montero strong, uh, had like an eight-pitch at bat, and he swung at ball four. Yeah. And I think when he got that strikeout, he was like, F this. Like, fine. That's what we're going to do? Fine. I can mm-hmm. get these guys to swing and miss. And he was a different pitcher after that for the rest of the game. I mean, well, he was... That's- that's how he approached the first two batters of the game. Right. He pitched to Reyes and Donaldson. Same thing. He would, he just went after them. Yep. Came out aggressive. Batista kind of like like a boxer almost. He got oh, stunned. He stunned him. Yeah, totally. I mean, right? I mean, like knocked him down. Knocked him down. He got up, shook the cobwebs off, got himself through the inning, and then that was it. Yep. I tell you, he's they and are he's, and, and they are he, impressive, Cal. They are. And he did the same thing. Or a similar thing against the Brewers the day that he hit yeah. Gomez in the head, and I was at that game. You were at that game, right? He came back from that, and he didn't. You know, yep. he was shaken up by it. Yep. He took him. He took a minute. Gave up a did, run, right? And but he got out of the inning. Yeah. Did he even give up a run? He did. He gave okay. up a run on the Braun. Um, Braun got a base hit and drove the, in a run. Right. The next batter got a base hit, but then he yep. got out of it. Then he got out of the inning. Yep. And he and it was his third or fourth start in the major leagues. He could have very easily melted down. Yeah. John Neese would have melted start. down. Second start. Second start, right. Yeah. Jonathan Neese would have melted down in that spot. Yes. Jonathan Neese would have melted down Noah Syndergaard in that spot. Like he would have just he would have melted down everybody on the team. Like they were like he was smelting. I just, I look um I I know you're bullish I have on him. A, I have a thing for Syndergaard. I have a thing for Familia. I, I see them; they do no wrong in my eyes. Right. But I just I just think there's there's something there about Syndergaard that he's got a little Harvey in him. As far as like he's just going to take control. Yeah, there's a bulldogged there's a bulldoggedness. Yeah, it's different though, and it's and it's great because if you look at if you look at Harvey and you look at the Grom and you look at Syndergaard, they all they all take charge of the game in their own way. Right. They all do it differently, but they all make it very clear that they're in charge of the game. Yeah. They're dictating how that game is going to go. Well, I, t- I mean, I told you, you know who my guy is. Yeah, and my guy is Degrom. I just I just love watching this kid. Um but you know watching Harvey the other night was fantastic. I mean it was just great watching Harvey the other night. In a spot where like he had to pitch well, he needed it for his own confidence, he needed it for you know fans who were getting, you know, sort of upset whatever, and he just went out there and was like and in the first inning, he kind of didn't know where it was going. He kind of like had to put it together. And he was like, you know what? Not tonight. Yeah. You know, he struck out. I can't remember who he was, but he struck him out with like a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. And it was like, all right. I, uh, it's, it's a matter of, Cal, I got this. I got this. Right. These guys sit back and they go, I got this. You know, and when Matt gets here, forget it. I can't even take it. Oh, he's he's the guy you're really looking forward to. I am, I am, just because I, 
again, he's you know since they drafted him. Um, yeah, I, I've been excited about him. I, I've been uh, I've enjoyed certain aspects of the uh, strategic in baseball of late that I've sort of been paying attention to, whether it's um, the shifting or beating the shift or like Duda's you know Duda's hit the other night that tied yeah. the game was it was so interesting to me. Like, do you put the full shift on in that spot when like I don't agree with the full shift there? I don't. I don't. A ground ball gets you, you know, like a, a ground ball base hit to the right side doesn't beat you. Right. But a line drive down the left field line. Or in this case, a bloop. Or a bloop down, down the, the left field, field line. line. Or, or, or Cal, like a, you know, like a double over the bag. Ground ball double over the bag to left field beats you. Well, you know, it, it, to be fair, the, the pitcher can't be throwing the ball away if you've got your infield shifted for him to pull. Don't don't pitch him away. No, but but you know what though? But do you want to handcuff your guy that much? Like, do you want to handcuff your closer that much? Like, he's got to be that pinpoint. He's trying not to give up a two-run home run to a power hitter, right? Yeah. You want to pitch Lucas Duda away. You want to pitch him up and away a little bit. You want to change his eye level, especially if you get two strikes on him. You want to be able to throw a fastball away. Right. I just don't. I don't know if I agree with the shift in that spot. A no, ground I, ball. I, I, you're right. A ground ball base hit to the right side doesn't beat me. You know, a ground or a little pop-up along the left field line does. It ties the game. Like, I just, I don't, but I, but yet I love shifts. I do. I just don't know if you put oh, it see, on. I hate it, them. I hate them. Oh, I like it. I, yeah. I, I, I like the effort of it, Cal. I like that managers are trying to think outside of the proverbial box and trying to play the odds a little bit more with certain guys. I think too many managers, like Terry Collins, is not smart enough to use the shifts as much as he's using them. He's just not. Right. You know, um, you know, Gibbons in that spot, like that's a to me that's a low percentage spot to use the shift in. Whereas you know nobody on in the seventh inning, you know is you know nobody on nobody out in the seventh inning to lead off an inning and you're up two to one or two nothing. That's a good spot to use it. Because maybe I take away that base hit and I don't put the tying run on base. You know, I I just uh, but I but Cal I like the strategy of it. Where has that strategy been for the last fifty years in baseball? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like it, it definitely adds a different wrinkle to it. Yeah, it's something. Speaking of different wrinkles, I want to ask you this. Um, uh, and th- this is a parlay into something I wanted to talk about tonight. It has to do with baseball, but it also has to do with football. Um, and it was a um, it was a conversation that came up the other day at work uh, in a fantasy capacity because uh, I have a, a a guy in one of my fantasy leagues, my buddy Dean, who's a complete sabermetician, right? Mm. So he bases most of his fan and but he's he was a former professional poker player, literally former professional poker player. Wow. He's a young guy. He's unbelievably into advanced metrics. He loves the game. He does love the game, but he is just really a, an advanced metrics guy. And that's how he makes his fantasy baseball moves. So he does a lot of like, uh, he uses like, uh, um, you know, like streamer and like, you know, rest of the season stats and stuff like that. And the advanced metrics, like when he's analyzing like a trade. Right. A fantasy trade. Yeah. 
And some of that is very interesting to me. Like what streamer will project out, for example, for a rest of season for a guy like Chris Davis, say. Uh-huh. Is he's probably going to come close because they're taking like fly ball and foul ball percentages and they're taking all this stuff into account. We've had this discussion, he and I, a number of times. And what they can't take into account is a guy like Jacob deGrom, right? They have a certain set of stats laid out for him for the rest of the year. And it's based strictly on stats. It takes into account where he pitches and the ballpark he pitches in and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But it doesn't take into account, like, who he's going to face. Like, let's say he's going to face the Phillies four more times this year. That should, and and by the time September rolls around, the Phillies will be rolling out a like double A lineup. Like it doesn't take that into account. It's projecting the rest of the season, so it's slightly flawed there to me. Yeah. The other flaw is it doesn't take Jacob Degrom into account. Like it, it can't take into account the kid, you know, well, having an extra gear in the seventh inning when he needs to make a big pitch. And that's and that's right there is my argument against strict advanced metrics. Right. That's my argument against the guys that want to just punch it up in a spreadsheet and say this is what's going to happen. This is why this guy's better than this guy. Right. You can't. And and we've talked about this a million times. Yeah. There's a there's a place for 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 both ways of thinking. You got to kind of you got to find that Venn diagram. Where it meets in the middle. That's right. You know what I mean? Because I said to him, like, I, I've watched Jacob DeGrom's every start. And I said, and, and there, the streamer, for example, rest of season, had him at, like, 6 and 7 with, like, a 3.89 ERA, mm-hmm. you know, for the rest of the season or whatever. And, you know, maybe, like, they still had his strikeout-to-walk ratio or strikeout-to-per-innings uh, ratio at, at, like, nine or whatever. They had him for, like, 122 strikeouts over the next 120 innings. So that was close, or that was what you would imagine. But the wins and losses and and his ERA and his adjusted ERA was, like, and, and even his whip was, like, way up. Yeah. And I said to I said to my buddy Dean, I said, I watch this kid every day. Why should I believe... I watch his every start. He has done nothing to show me that he's going to pitch to a four ERA the rest of the season. And he's like, he will. It'll even out. That's what the numbers tell us. And I'm like, but but I watch the kid every day. <laughs> yeah, but it, but that but I watch his every start. He has done nothing over the course of a year and a half. I guess it's probably like a full year for him now. What yeah, would be a full point. season? And he's pitched to like a two one ERA. Right, there's like five guys in baseball who have a lower ERA, you know, over the last year. Like right, the last over the course year. of like 162 games. Right, right. And it was, it was last like I think he's probably got like 35 major league starts now, or whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's like a full year now. Like why? Why? Well, look at his foul ball ratio. So they've been hitting a lot of foul balls off him. Those won't always stay foul. Or maybe they do. Uh, okay. So so if he gets 15 of those and three of them are home runs, that's going to raise his ERA to two points? Like, I, I, there's got to be a happy medium. Yeah. The, no, like it, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to dismiss advanced metrics. You know, if, if, you want, if you believe in them and you want to look at them to analyze a player, that's fine. 
Yeah, I'm I mean, gonna, you I'm, can't. You can't just dismiss them out of school. They're too often predictive. Right. But, but they're not solely predictive. Right. What I'm, what I'm going to dismiss is the, the guy who uses only a spreadsheet to tell me that one guy is better than the next guy. Right. Or what that one guy is going to do. Right. Um, we got into a really good conversation about wins and the statistic of wins and how – and we both agreed. They're antiquated, right? Uh, so, somewhat, yeah. So – and Noah Syndergaard the other night is a great example. So judging a pitcher based on wins and losses is an antiquated notion, I feel like. I think the statistic of wins and losses needs to be changed. How so? I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's what I want to work on you with. So Noah Syndergaard pitches the other night, right, and throws six innings or whatever and leaves the game up two to one, right? Yeah, leaves the game as the winning pitcher. He, they pinch hit for him. They were down one nothing, and they scored the two runs while he was out. He yeah. two runs. So he leaves as the he winning pitcher. He's in line pitcher. for the win. Right. He does nothing to lose that game. He is, once he's out of the game, he leaves as the winning pitcher. He has no ability to affect the outcome of the game. Right. And yet, he doesn't get the win through no fault of his own. So how do you change that? Yeah. Is there an is there an additional stat that needs to be put in there and given credence? Like left game winning or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, just something like it's and and this is what it's akin to to me. And uh they talked about this a little bit yesterday morning on I think it was yesterday morning on Boomer and Carton. Uh Craig Carton, but uh Chris Sims was sitting in. Take your word for it. No, and, and I, I think Chris Sims does a nice job when he's in. Um, but they were just talking about the idea of Chris Sims throwing an interception on a ball that he puts right in the guy's numbers. And it goes off that guy, the receiver's hands, and it's picked off, and that interception goes to him. Right. But he had nothing to do with that interception. So it... it Shouldn't that stat be adjusted? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's probably a way to do it to make it more accurate, but yeah, like shouldn't interceptions be if the receiver like drops it, like shouldn't that be noted? Yeah, you know, or should that interception be on the receiver? Like, look, we have a we have an official scorer in baseball to judge errors, right? Right. Can we have an official scorer in football to judge who the interception should go to? Yeah, you could. So you'd have like quarterbacks would have pretty pretty subjective though. That's the only thing. Well, aren't errors? Yeah. So you'd have like uh, interceptions for quarterback and then interceptions caused for a receiver. Right. Yeah, I could see that. And I feel like the same thing with wins. But then again, he made the counter-argument, and it's a good one. Let's say Syndergaard leaves that game, right? Well, he did. He leaves up 2-1, to one, right? They start the seventh inning, and 
the two relief pitchers hold in the seventh and the eighth, and then the closer comes in and closes out in the ninth. He had nothing to do with the win there either. Right. So I just I don't know how you do it, Cal, but I feel like look, you go across all four professional sports. I think there are old statistics that are antiquated or in need of update. And I think wins is one of them. But I don't know how you do it. Like Felix Hernandez won the MV, uh, won the Cy Young Award a couple of years ago, and what was he like? Twelve and eleven. Yeah, he was like twelve. Wasn't he under? Was he under five hundred? I think he was. I thought he was right at five hundred. I think he was twelve and eleven, eleven and twelve, something like that. Yeah, but he won the Cy Young, and rightfully so because right. his win loss record is not indicative of the best pitcher. Right. So why are we still kind of measuring at it as a stat that is? Like R.A. R. A. Dickey won 20 games a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. And he won the Cy Young. Right. We all felt he was the best pitcher in the National League. Were those 20... I mean, it was right. he was right there with Clayton Kershaw. But were those 20 wins the marker of him being the best pitcher in the National League? Or was it his... You know, like 2-1 ERA and 250 strikeouts and, you know. I mean, he threw back-to-back one-hitters that Back-to-back back one-hitters that had never been, that hadn't been done in like 94 years or something like that. Yeah. on the Because it was on the road. One here and one there, yeah. I thought I thought it was back-to-back back on the road. One no, it was one, one against Baltimore, City Field, and then one against Tampa right. in Tampa. But whatever it was, it hadn't been done in years. Right. Were the 20 wins indicative of him being the best pitcher? It helped. Can you think of another... St- <laughs> it certainly didn't hurt. <laughs> Can you think of another stat, Cal, that jumps out at you that needs to be... The, the, I know the RBI gets brought up a lot. Yeah. Um, as, as being very subjective. Like, you have no control over who's on base when you hit. And if they score from second. Like, if a guy does it, scores, or does, like, it depends on who's on second base. You know, you get a base hit with Lucas Duda on second base, or you know, and he's not going to score. You get that same base hit with Jose Reyes on second base, he is going to score. You get an RBI, right? Like, yeah, I've always felt that RBI should be a or could be a percentage, almost right. almost like a batting average. So, like, how many times you come through in an RBI situation? Hmm, that's interesting. You know, but it doesn't take into account who's on base. I don't know if it's a fundamentally flawed stat, but they've gone, I mean, I think advanced metrics have moved way away from it. Yeah. As being a subjective, you know, uh, or an uncontrollable statistic, but they don't like those. They do, they do not care for the uncontrollable statistic. Really not a fan. I don't know. Do any others jump out at you if you're thinking of sports? No, not that I. I can't. Well, the save. I think. Well, obviously, right. The save. The save the is the save. The save is a disaster. Yeah. I think it's. I, I love that it's just like accepted. Right. Like, 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 like even baseball's like, yeah, we know. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty dopey. Let's go with it. Can't think of anything better. Yeah, it's fine. Who's getting hurt? I feel like I feel like I want to learn how to how to do that the the, the sabermetric thing or whatever it's called. Oh, that I want would to be learn so... all the math. I want to learn all the math. 
It would be so good for the show if you did. <laughs> I'd almost if I'd I'd be, almost say if I we became require Brainiac. it. <laughs> That's right. We require it. Uh oh. Wanna give me a deadline? <laughs> we all we all have assignments this weekend. I think you would uh I think you would like it, Peach. I really do. I really think See, you would like the, the way it... I'm it, still not very clear on what it means to tag up. I mean, oh like, <laughs> I, I have a lot of other rules. Basic rules. Just of the game that I need right. to understand. Before you can move on to the advanced metrics. Right. What is the go-ahead run? <laughs> <laughs> well, that one's, that one's pretty self-explanatory. Go ahead. The run that puts you ahead in the ball game. It's so, the run which you'll go ahead. Correct. So the score well, is two. Not to an two. encouragement to the runner. I always thought it was like an encouragement, like go that ahead, guy run. needs to go ahead run. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> go ahead. You go ahead. Run. You're free to go. So you put a comma in there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Comma. Run. Run. Stanley. <laughs> It would be great if you wound up putting punctuation in all of these. <laughs> Just I feel like spot. I could, yeah, I could punch up the grammar of uh, of Moneyball. Like walk off, run, be you know, like walk, comma, off, run. Right. Um, no, the go ahead run is just simply the run that puts the other team ahead, or puts a team right. ahead. So you know, uh, Lucas Duda hits a home run. In a two-to-two ball game, uh, he has just hit a home run. It's the go-ahead run, three-to-two. Although it's not usually used in a home run capacity, it's usually used in like man on second, two-to-two ball game. Lucas Duda gets a base hit. He drives in the go-ahead run. I've got a, I've got a long way to go. There's a lot there. I got a lot of four-three-one and 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 a what is a base on balls? I have no idea. That's scorekeeping. Don't get me started on the bop-ip, bop-ip, boop-ip. Yeah, we, can, we can't get into bop-ip Don't yet. Don't get me started either. Yeah. Fa-fip, bop-ip, vorp, vorp, vorp adjusted. If I had to learn, if you were going to task me, learn this really crucial thing about this crucial sport. Sure. What would you send me off to do? Crucial taunt, Wayne's World. <laughs> Sorry, I would send you to Cooperstown to go walk around the Hall of Fame. I've been there twice. <laughs> oh, forget it. <laughs> Didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> oh, he's been there twice. Yeah. Oh, well, then never Love, mind. Loves it. All right. So learn, I already, I already met this, Cal's criteria. Learn this crucial thing about a sport. What's the thing and what's the sport? Boy, that's that's tough. You would get so much more out of blank if you just were clued into blank. <laughs> Double match game. I'm going to say making whoopee. Um, yeah. You would get so much more of blank <laughs> after making whoopee. 
Um, for me, I I think it would be hockey. Oh. And I think you would get so much more out of hockey if you sort of got down. There, there's a lot there, like some of the nuanced stuff in hockey. So like offsides, line changes, last change, you know, uh, you know, some of the strategic stuff in hockey. Right. Um, you know, line combinations. Like you would, you would, like we were explaining this to to Dr. Ira Stat during this Islander season because he's never really been into hockey, and he was trying oh. to. And like once we explain like icing and offsides, uh, and and what they were. And and also shift changes, like line changes, like when guys know when to come on the ice and come off the ice. He had a, like a much different appreciation for the game. Right, Cal? Wouldn't you say? I think so. Yeah. He seems to understand it more. Yeah. And therefore enjoy the game a lot more. I, I got to right. tell you, though, guys, the hardest sport I'm finding to explain to the boys is football. Sure. You wouldn't think it. But it's it's they're they're not hockey was easy. Like hockey, just you know, the Islanders want to put the puck in the net against those guys. You know, we've gotten into offsides and stuff like that a little bit. I have a, I have a chalkboard up in the living room. Right. <laughs> it's very intense. My over son here. already understands that I'm doing my best, but that I don't actually know a lot about all of these things. <laughs> What's the difference between offsides and encroachment, Daddy? All right, uh, uh, all right, right. Uh, 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 give me the nachos. You're getting a, you're getting a pat on the back. Good job, Dad. Right. You tried, you're Dad. Trying. Good. I know you're trying. <laughs> Cal, what would you, what would you think would be the hardest sport to explain? I think football is hard to explain. It is, right? Yeah. It's. I mean, my wife is always showing, my wife. <laughs> um, but I mean, she has no interest in learning it. But she, she very every now and then she'll be well, sitting there and she'll ask. That. She'll ask questions, and it's just it's you know, it's impossible. If you've never watched the game before, it's impossible to explain some of the nuances. You know, I actually had the experience of explaining baseball, a baseball game. To somebody who had no idea, an adult, not a kid, adult, no, an adult. Oh, okay. <laughs> a grown man. A man who had just walked into a door. <laughs> you don't. Come here, I'm going to explain baseball to you. Right. Uh, I just picked him off the street, took him to a ball game. Were there canaries no, my, uh, flying around his head in a circle? My. <laughs> <laughs> My dad, uh, a long time ago, uh, befriended a police officer from Australia. Um, uh, he's from B- Brisbane, actually, uh, where they just call Men at Work Australia, as we've covered. Um, and uh, he had come over here as part of a security detail for a big dignitary kind of thing, and, and uh, he was with the Brisbane PD, and he wound up working with my dad. And, of course, my dad being the mayor of everything, uh, befriended him and kept the friendship up. And this is this is before, like, I think it was basically just by email. Um, you know, before the the interwebs, because this is like mid nineties. 
And so uh, John, his name was, really nice guy. So he came back to visit America, and he was staying in New York for a couple of days, and he wanted to go to a baseball game. Uh, he had never been to one, and my dad um, was unavailable. He had my dad had a wedding or something, so my dad called me up and said, "Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you take this guy to a baseball game?" And you know, meet him in the city. And the Yankees were in town. The Mets weren't in town, so we went to a Yankee game. It was Yankees Blue Jays, and I said, "Yeah, I would love to." And um, so I met John in the city. We took the subway up to Yankee Stadium. Took the four, uh, five, six up to Yankee Stadium, and. We had really good seats. Like my dad had kind of finagled really good seats um, on like the first baseline uh, field level in the old Yankee Stadium. And I sat there and explained baseball to him as we were going. And it was one of those, and it was, he had seen cricket, so he had an idea of what was sort of going on. But really, I had never tried to do that. And obviously, I was only like 24 or 25, so I didn't have kids. It was hard. I mean, guys, it, it was hard. Yeah. Something that I just completely took for granted, having watched it and played it all my life. And he was so game for it. Like, he was so game. And it was, of course, like one of these games where, like, everything happened. Yeah, wow. Like, the most complicated, like, there was a balk, and there was, like, a catcher's interference. Infield fly. Infield fly rule. Like, every impossible thing to explain happened almost like, it was like when you're taking your road test, and it looks like a health film. Like the you know the, the a beach ball comes out into the road like every just every possible thing that could go on went on in this game. You know, and he's like, "Why is the man?" And there was like a brawl and like, like just everything that could possibly happen. A crash course on baseball. Yeah, it was it was as if they knew I was explaining the game to a guy who had never seen a game before. And uh, but it was it was hard. It was really hard. And I think that's. Uh, yeah, I think it's like I, I always uh, and he of course got back to my dad, and um, and said, "Please tell your son that was a great. He did a great job. <laughs> you know, it was almost like I was being graded. <laughs> like I got to the end of it. I still have no idea what's going on, but I enjoyed the game. <laughs> you know, the balk was the worst. Like trying to explain a balk because I played baseball all my life, and there are times when a guy balks, and I'm like." I didn't see it. <laughs> you know, like re- like I I literally almost threw up my hands. I was like, really a friggin' balk, really. <laughs> Forget who was pitching. I was like, you couldn't come to a complete stop there, really, really. You're gonna make me explain this. So uh, it, I I would say football though would be really difficult to take a person who's never seen a football game and go to a football game and explain to him what the hell's going on. Yeah. You know, and also my wife, uh, too, my wife. Has, my wife has no interest in learning uh, the game. Okay. Right. Well, and she was like a cheerleader. Like, so she gets what's going on. And she grew, up yeah. in, she grew up in Texas. Like, she knows what's going on in a football game. Right. It still seems dopey to her. Uh, I you did could, have to if you want. You can borrow my wife. <laughs> wow, wife My ball? wife would... Well, for this purpose, she would love to sit down with someone like you who Ooh. could explain, you know, why did the ref blow the whistle there? 
Right. You'd probably have a really good reason, whereas I would say, shut up and wait for Al Michaels. <laughs> is he here? <laughs> She's like, He's, he better is, tell us, because I don't know. He's, what fix, he's fixing himself a sandwich. He'll be right out. <laughs> shut up and wait, up for, and Al wait Michael. for Al Michaels. The great thing is, though, you say that when you're not even watching a football game. That's right. <laughs> like you guys, restaurants. Like you guys. <laughs> I'm going to use that on the kids. I'm not going to wait for him. <laughs> That's my answer to everything. Mom, what time's dinner? Shut up and wait for Al Michael. <laughs> <laughs> At a restaurant, <laughs> your waiter comes over. <laughs> Shut up and wait for Al Michael. I'll have the uh, I'll have the steak. She um, would. She would love it. She would love to have somebody give her a primer on. Uh, all the, all the, she loves watching the game. But well, I had I to. That... I had to explain hockey to Teresa. She had no oh, idea. Because yeah. again, growing up in Texas, and nobody in her family watches hockey. Nobody, like I, I literally had to explain what's going on. She still doesn't get a lot of it, but she's interested in hockey, not interested in football. Hmm. I've said this before. I think if it wasn't for fighting. She would watch a lot of hockey games with me. Like she likes it. She's definitely she's definitely interested in it. Oh, doesn't like the pummeling. She she just she doesn't understand it probably. I I I I've told you this guy. Uh, I told you guys this before. Her line is, "Look how stupid they look. <laughs> they must feel so stupid right now." And 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 he goes and she always says and th- their wives in the stands and girlfriends probably think oh, this is so stupid. That's her that's her line. Anytime a fight breaks out and we're watching a hockey game, she's like, "This is they, they just must feel so stupid." I'm like, "Well, honey, there's a reason for it, and it's, you know, there's protecting guys. I don't care. It's stupid." Okay. Hard to argue with that. It is hard to argue with. It really is. But two men, grown men are beating the crap out of each other in the ice. And then they just skate off. Like, okay, good job by you. Yeah, hockey fights are tough to explain. All right, I'm going to do this. Time for a fun All right, time for the ready to unload. Unload. Hi, boys. Hello. Hey. Did you like that re- like that reset I just did? Yeah, that was well done. Thanks. I have um, I have something, and then I I think PJ has something. He's prepared nothing. He's making peanut butter. Um, I uh. My mouth is full. <laughs> um. Uh... <laughs> so I. I've been meaning to talk about this, and uh, PJ, you can jump in on this too. Um, so I, I got, I, I, I told you guys even on the show, I got Wesley a sticker book, right, a hockey sticker book. And this is important to me because I had baseball sticker books as a kid. I know you did too, Cal. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And the sticker book is back. Oh, yeah? It is. It's a company called Panini. Like the McRib? It is just like the McRib. Okay. Um, it's, ex- it's exactly, precisely like the McRib. Wow. Um, and I can't tell you the excitement we have every night doing sticker book before bed. Cal, I don't know who's more excited. Uh, it's probably even. It's very close. Yeah. That's cool. It has become a, uh, a readily used punishment. If Wesley's not listening, Ooh, no, sti- no sticker book. the sticker book, right. That's correct. No sticker book tonight. He does what he's asked to do too sweet. All right. Um, and it's, I, I just, it takes me back, McWalters and I, every day, eight, nine, ten years old, going to the stationery around the corner from my house, buying four packs for a quarter. I'm just, you know, doing them on my front stoop or whatever. Peach. I don't know if you had any sort of sticker book experience as a kid. Um, other than stamps. Other than stamp collecting. They don't count. Cal, would uh, you say... Star Wars. Star, there you go. Star Wars had a... Absolutely. Star yeah. Wars sticker book. I had one as well. Absolutely. And I think they have them for other stuff because Kevin... My buddy, Kevin, who I – we did the sticker books together as kids growing up. Yeah. He, he, you okay there? Did you yeah. see it? Did you see no. it? No, I didn't see it. All right. Are you standing on a chair right now? <laughs> Will you shriek like an 11-year-old girl? I have my, the, the muscles in the in my shoulders are as tense as <laughs> – I don't know. What would what would be what would they be as tense as? They would be as tense Rubble as. Bands. I didn't know the SATs were. I don't know. Cal's shoulders are too tense. <laughs> yeah, I'm. <laughs> you could be like one of those, uh, you know, those workout machines that has the rubber Solo bands. Flex. There it is. Solo By the way, flex. are you trying to trap it or are you trying to kill it? Trying to trap. Well, we got a we got a trap set that would kill it. We're going to need a bigger boat. So, did you get a look at this thing? No, no, no. So only the girls have. Nobody's seen it. No, nobody's seen it. But you know. Wait, now I'm confused. Yeah. Did the dog report this, sir? No, we heard it. Oh. In the walls. We heard. We heard it. Um. In the kitchen. Last night, oh. like like somebody had walked in and was making a sandwich. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> or, you might have a bigger problem, Cal. <laughs> or more appropriately, no, it's not. It's, it's we've it's had the them before. Kid. Yeah. More. <laughs> hey, Mister Calvi, I just wanted some cold cuts. Hey, hey, Mister Calvi, you want some gabagool? It sounds like it sounded like someone was uh, baking. Because oh because it was in by the stove and by the cookie sheets and that's what we heard. Pots and pans rattling. Yeah. Maybe you have a ghost. I don't know if it's a ghost. Do you believe in ghosts? My wife does. My wife always thought that my wife my wife always thought that uh, the the ghost of Michael Douglas was in our old apartment. I'm sorry. Go back. What now? Hold on. Yeah. Michael- 
Michael Douglas is not dead. There's a lot of there's a lot of yes. He's not dead. Uh I don't know why he was in our apartment. <laughs> or is wait, wait, what's his ghost doing? Like Michael there? Douglas was like astral projecting and ending up in your in your apartment maybe? Yeah, well I don't know. That was what she always thought. She always thought there was a ghost and the ghost looked like Michael Douglas. Looked like okay, sure, right. Oh, maybe not the ghost of Mike, right? Right, because because an important distinction, I guess. He's he's still with us, right? And even if he had passed away, not sure what he would be doing in your kitchen, right? It just seems seems like a very specific celebrity ghost. Yeah, it was weird. (laughs) But uh, even you're getting a lot of disturbances in the kitchens. Even more, even more specific. Yeah, PJ. It seems to always happen in the kitchen. Even more specific. It was Michael Douglas from the movie Falling Down. That was <laughs> that was the image that she saw of the ghost in our kitchen. So, now, so could it have walls? anything to do with the stolen voodoo idol you turned into a pepper mill? No. And that you're keeping in your kitchen. Yeah. And it's a Michael Douglas peppermill. Right. <laughs> it is. It's actually a Mike Douglas peppermill. The old <laughs> variety show. The old variety is correct. Now, see, Mike. that would have made sense. Maybe Mike, Mike Douglas, Douglas, the ghost of Mike Douglas, could be there. That could be. Um, <laughs> it's not a Wall Street era Michael Douglas? No, 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 no. Not a romancing the stone Michael Douglas. <laughs> That would be crazy. So Cal believes he has a rat, and Cal's wife believes in ghosts. We're getting yeah. more no, of the I don't story believe, now. I don't believe I have. I have. There's definitely a rat amongst us. <laughs> and it's not a mouse. It's, it's not like a like a mouse that you could say, oh, it's a mouse. No, it's You're a rat. 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 Yeah, it's a rat. That's, Heavy that's tailed. The, right, it's the band Rat is right behind my stove. Stephen Percy's in your kitchen. Steve Percy. We saw a, um, I pulled the dishwasher out. We both had that name really quick. Yeah, we did. You pulled out the stove? The dishwasher. Pulled the dishwasher out in the kitchen, and lo and behold, behind the dishwasher was a a hole in the wall. Oh, boy. Approximately the size of an egg. All right. So, if you couple that with the hole under the house... In approximately the same spot. Okay. I tell and, you what. and and you throw in uh, the shed in the backyard filled with uh, the droppings of a rodent. Right. I'm no Columbo. I tell you what, Encyclopedia Brown. I think you got this one figured out. I'm on to something. Yeah. So. No, I don't yeah, think so, you need a sticker book to figure this out. No, 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 no. And I didn't but, need you know, ten dollars worth of uh, steel wool and mothballs might might uh, help the problem. Well, I fi- I filled the hole on the outside of the house with Brillo, right, with the steel wool, right. Um, under under the premise that perhaps product placement, <laughs> not SOS pads. No, no Brillo. 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 <laughs> and Brillo brand steel wool. Everybody. And hoping that if maybe it's in the it's just it's like it's coming and going from the house because they don't stay in the house when the weather's warm they usually go back outside. Correct. So I'm hoping that 
if I if I stop that, that'll that if I fill the hole with the steel wool, that'll prevent it from coming in. The only problem is if it's already in, he's trapped. Now, now it can't get out. Right. And it's going to create other holes. What's more frightening to you guys? Let me let me let me let me get a qualification here. So you see a a mouse in your house. B a huge spider. C. Oh, let me get a good C here. A mouse in your house, a spider in your cider, <laughs> or a frog in your bog. Um, snake in your cake. A snake in your cake. Well, no. Look, we're not putting snake in this equation. If I see a snake in my house. I won't be able to get out of I just I won't there there won't be an ability to move. Snakes that's snakes do that to you? Oh man. You're calling you're calling animal control for that one. Animal forget animal control. I am I am I, I, there are not words for how fast I I would be in the cartoon where there would be a cutout of me through the wall. <laughs> through like three walls. That's right. There would be there would be a there would be a Steve shaped cutout through all three walls. <laughs> That's how fast I would get out of the house. It would be completely every man for himself. <laughs> I would take the I would grab the children, maybe. Maybe if I had if I had time. So I would let me adjust that. I don't know if we'll yeah, the Steve cut out through the walls would be like Steve holding the children through the walls. So what's um, the yeah. See you, Teresa. <laughs> yeah, what's what's giving you the... Right. <laughs> Sorry, Tree, you're on your own. Yeah, you got the kids. What's giving you the willies more? If you see a mouse run across the floor, if you see a giant spider, or if you see a... Um, yeah, give, me, give me some... Or, well, I would say roach, but... I'll say roach. I, it's it's tough for me. I think it's pretty clear what mine is. <laughs> yes, you're going with the mouse slash rat. Yeah, like I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm count. I'm looking at the clock, and in six minutes, I'm running into my room and shutting the door. <laughs> That's it. The show's mice don't over? bother me. I've, well, I've, I've scooped up right. mice and thrown them right back outside. That's not a. How right. about rats? Rats are different. Um, I've never, or, I've never in. Encountered a wild rat that had gotten into the house. I've no. only encountered rats when they've been people's pets. Never had a pregnant rat in your bedroom closet. It's never happened to you. N- no. No. Sir. no. Oh, okay. Oh man. <laughs> okay, you win. I guess. I guess that's just me. The the spiders. <laughs> I gotta be honest, spiders. I, I'm pretty much turning into an eight-year-old girl standing on a chair for all three of these. You don't like spiders? Don't. Not, not that you would like them, but don't they care you. for them. I've Look, only had a spider sent me to the hospital. I have a unique opinion on spiders. Ooh. Is that? Oh, do tell. Three quick overdose stories. Go. Well, I got bitten by a brown recluse spider. A what? A brown what? <laughs> a brown-eyed girl? What? It's called the brown, the brown ragu spider. <laughs> the big, the big the brown ragu. Spider. Don't eat brown ragu. <laughs> it's been Tony. sitting out too long. 
the big ragu spider. It was it dancing <laughs> over to you? <laughs> you know I go. Hey, I go from rags to riches. To riches. Uh, Karma. Thank you, for joining. <laughs> Arachnid ragusa, carmidius. Recluse, <laughs> as in it hides, stays out of sight. The brown recluse spider. Uh, apparently got me when I was uh, in the wood pile moving the firewood around. So the spider was what, like J.D. Salinger? <laughs> Keeps to himself, and then he comes out and he takes it, takes a nibble. He writes a generation-changing novel, <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you never see him again, and then he, <laughs> until he bites you, and then he goes back in. Got a little bit of what uh, what do you call the uh, necrotizing venom? Ooh. Ooh, that doesn't. I don't know what I that was, is, but it doesn't sound good. It's no good, and I was in the hospital for a long time. When was now. this? Two thousand and eleven. Oh, I seem to remember this. Yeah, Vague. that's why. He, that's why. He, yeah, vaguely. I remember. Did you tell everybody? So I don't. Well, you're a better friend than I am, Cal. No, no, I I didn't. (laughs) You don't care for the spiders because this one recluse, this little, you know, this guy behind a door, nobody ever sees him. Well, we also have wolf spiders. You ever ever have a wolf spider? What the hell's a wolf spider? They're hairy. Hairy, yeah. Oh, no chance. No chance. A wolf spider will jump at you. Oh, come on. When, uh, no, when it wants you to back off, uh, it'll, it, it'll do the arachnophobia move. No, and, I, and, I cannot watch that movie. I've never watched that movie. Would never watch that movie. And if I was an actor, movie. don't think I could be in that movie. But I tried to chase one of these things in my garage with a broom, uh, and... It made a click noise and jumped six inches towards me. Come and on. I, I almost, no, I almost went straight through the wall. <laughs> Pants shat. <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah. was, yeah. I've seen a mouse, we we had them in, in Brooklyn, and they were, they were borderline. No, I mean, they were borderline. They were borderline rats. I mean, they, I mean we were yeah. in Brooklyn and Williamsburg. Be calling them mice was kind. Um, they were small, <laughs> and just like scurry across the living room floor and just forget it. Just yeah, lost it, lost it. You know, well, the thing with the mouse is also you go, you go, where'd they go? Where'd it go? I just saw yeah. it. Where'd it go? Oh, it's gone. oh damn! Right, there goes they're my knife. My knife over. They're all, that's right. You can rock me to sleep tonight. Right. I know what I'm doing for the next seven hours. I'm trying to find this stupid rodent. Making a pot of coffee, yeah. They're all little David Copperfields. Great. That was a that was a hell of an illusion. Nice job. Are you gonna make the Statue of Liberty disappear next? <laughs> Good job. But spiders, I can't live with spiders either. Can't can't do it. I've never really had cockroaches. Thank you. Thankfully, had no, one or two here, one or two here or there. And I mean, you live in Brooklyn long enough, you're gonna have, you're gonna see them. Um. But I never, you know, I had one in my house once, and I freaking, the exterminator was like, <laughs> there the next morning. Like, yeah. I will not, no, sir. No, 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 no. No, 
negatory. I'm not a bit. I'm not a real big bug guy to begin with, <laughs> in general. You don't go to the bug exhibits at the zoo. Oh man, I can't do no, no. no. We were just at the Bronx Zoo a couple weeks ago, and and uh, we were in like the Congo, you know, one, uh, the the Congo uh, exhibit or whatever. And Teresa's like uh, with Wesley, like, oh, come look at this worm or this beetle or whatever. I'm like, no, 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 I will not do it. <laughs> I next time before you walk barefoot in my yard, I should tell you now. No, we get don't tell no get, don't tell no no. No. You get three-inch longhorn beetles. Get the hell out of here. No. no. They want nothing to do with you. They have no interest in you at all. They just happen to look like cartoon horror movie <laughs> beetles. You know what's awful is Teresa growing up in Texas with scorpions. Yeah. Oh, my. And she had one in her shoe once as a oh kid. God. And she still, to this day, even living in New York... Empties her shoes before she puts them on. Ugh. So anytime we go to Texas and like we're like in, especially when we go to Houston to go see her grandmother, um, you know she'll be like, oh, you got to be careful. And I'm like, I'm like oblivious. I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, well, maybe we'll sleep on the floor there. I'm like, I'm not sleeping on the floor. You told me about scorpions. I'm not. No, 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 no. My mother, yeah. my mother in Florida gets all sorts of strange stuff there too, man. Between the lizards and like, she had like a like a not a like a gardener snake, but like it was pretty big, like on her back porch. Get the hell out of here! No, 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 no. Negative. Scorpions <laughs> would freak me right out. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty bad one. Because they look like, as you just said, like with the beetles, like they look like uh, not not those beetles. I have like 69 more McCartney's to do. Um, they look like little, like, you know, dinosaurs or like creatures from a prehistoric era. Like, a scorpion looks like a creation in a in a movie. I think that's not a real thing. That's like animatronic. Right, that's CGI that walked off the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that thing. No. No. What I'm trying so to say is now. Then the, so do you even go in the ocean? Yes. Or are you so freaked out by ocean creatures? No, I will. Strangely, I will go in the ocean. I think that's because I learned how to swim in the ocean as a young guy at uh, Short Short Beach in uh, on Long Island. And uh, so I always swam in the ocean. That was never like a strange thing for me. And how about you, Cal? Are you an ocean guy? Are you okay in the ocean? Yeah, I'm fine in the ocean. Let me ask you though. Jellies. Hmm. Yeah. I prefer I prefer a pool. <laughs> Shocky. I prefer a pool. You worried right. about Shocky in the water? I'm worried about Jeremy Shocky in the water. He's that good. Um. I feel like we should end the episode here because Cal's just panicked. Like I hear, I hear your breath, Cal. You just want to get into bed and be elevated. I don't know how you hear my breath because I'm not even breathing. <laughs> trying the not problem to is, he's, yeah, he's right now. He's broadcasting from the hot zone, so that's. Uh, he is. He is in the DMZ right now. It's not fair you. for us to keep him there. I might as somebody might as well be like. 
holding me like at the edge of a cliff right now. Are you going to keep the lights on in all the rooms? Yeah. That's probably a good move. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. I'll leave the dogs. will be out of the cage tonight. Will somebody be coming to look at this problem tomorrow? No. Um, my my wife uh, does not want to pay for an exterminator because the last time, all they did was set the traps. They never came back and cleaned them. So we got rid of all 15 of them last time. 15? 15 little, yeah. Well, the pregnant the pregnant mother was in my bedroom, in my closet, and uh, she had she had about fifteen of them, little and the, ones. And the trap caught all of them. Well, the, the different traps. Every every night you'd be sitting there, and all of a sudden you'd hear, "Oh man, come on!" Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, got another one. Oh uh, God. And I would, yeah. It's it's really it's like uh, you need the murderer. I do need the murderer. PJ, bring that cat need, over there tomorrow. The you need a couple of cats. You need the decapitator. Yeah. Well, because Ferguson doesn't want anything to do with this. He, year old. He, has, he has no idea there's anything <laughs> even amiss. <laughs> it's like, I don't care. It's like, whatever. Y'all are on your own. <laughs> y'all y'all, Look, better, you, y'all you, better fix this. I'm keep blind. your lights on. Maybe put a radio on or leave the TV on so it, so it sounds like people all the time. Maybe the rat won't want to. I could, but I gotta catch face. it. I gotta catch it, right? Don't I gotta catch it? That's otherwise, I'm it. gonna li- otherwise I'm gonna live like this forever. I'll Run find him for five. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll catch him, and I'll kill him for ten. I'll teach him and to salsa dance for fourteen. Takes a bite out of that cracker or something. Yeah, he's, yeah. Eat, he's eating. He's eating like saltines. Yeah, he's eating like, but like saltines that a total like fisherman would be eating. Right. Yeah, he's eating something I've never seen another man. Yeah, eat. like they're like they're totally on the nose for like a crusty fisherman to be eating. <laughs> like they belong in a chowder or in his hand. Right. <laughs> the two places that you find you these. You can crackers. only buy them at a bait shop. <laughs> right, they're, they're bait shop crackers. Totally what they are. But he totally takes a bite of it. It's such a great. Oh God, that scene is so good. I'll find him for five, but I'll catch him and I'll kill him for ten. <laughs> I'll teach him arithmetic for fourteen. <laughs> Spanish for twenty-two. <laughs> Baseball for $36,000. How about that, Cal? How about you catch the rat, then you cage the rat and domesticate it. Make a pet out of it. Right, that's what I'm going to do. I think if you catch it... Look, make an an example of it, okay? Leave it up. String it up in the house for other rats to see. This is what you get. Well... I'm sitting here, and I just I hear things behind me, and I can't tell whether it's trying to get in or get out. Oh, get the cameras. Get the GoPros. Steve, get the GoPros. We're making a I movie. Just, that's all I hear behind my over my left shoulder right now. <laughs> I'm so Paranormal scared. Activity Part 7. It's, uh, yeah. The Cal Rad Project. This is, this is terrifying Cal Rad Project. right now. It really is. 
All right, let's end the episode so this poor guy can go to bed. <laughs> New York sports. <laughs> Shut up and wait for Al Michaels. <laughs> Is that music loud enough, Cal? Might that scare it? Yeah, well, so I only have headphones on, so... PJ, why do I love those? in my head. This kind of sounds like a band I was in. Few years back, Steve. Where'd you get it? So your question was about True Detective. Yes. I'm highly anticipating. I've read a couple of early reviews. And I like all the positive things they've said about it. And I've pretty much already dismissed most of the negative things they've said about it. Well done. <laughs> I, we get I the, read one or two get comments, and I'm like, you know what? Only an idiot would write that. Only someone who doesn't understand good television would write that anyway. So we're moving on. So, yeah, uh, very much looking forward to True Detective Season 2. It starts on Sunday night? The 21st, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Cal, final unload. No, I got nothing. <laughs> And my final unload is uh, Mr. Doubleday, former owner of the New York Mets. Nelson Doubleday passed away yesterday. And I, as a Mets fan, just want to say, rest in peace, Mr. Doubleday. Thank you for being instrumental in bringing me the only championship that I've seen in my lifetime. I sure wish. Well, I sure wish. All right, that's it for Radio Unload for this week. For Brian Calvi and PJ Kachopo, we will see you next week. Cal, good luck. Uh Uh-huh. We're going to need a bigger boat. So scared for you. <laughs> Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 